Hi everyone and welcome back. I'm Angelo Luciani and welcome to the Nutanix Community Podcast. This is where the community converges to stay informed, learn about our latest developments, and get to know folks inside Nutanix. This week, we join Wendy Pfeiffer, Chief Information Officer for Nutanix, as she quizzes a distinguished .next panel on the myths around cloud technology. Can employees operate as effectively from home as they did in the office? Is cybersecurity a bigger concern on the public cloud or on-prem? This is part of our Look Back series at .next 2021. Let's join the conversation. Now we want to shift to get perspectives from CIOs and market experts. There are plenty of go-to-the-public-cloud edicts going around. But what's the reality behind the theory of getting that all done? How do you make sure you have the right operating model? Expectations and realities for costs, governance, and control. I can't think of a better host than our own CIO, Wendy Pfeiffer, to explore all of this. We're calling it Mythbusters Cloud Edition. And after this segment, we will be hearing from Rajiv again with one more special announcement. Now, please welcome Wendy, joined by her very special guest. Well, thank you, Ben. And it is so nice to be here on stage today at our .next conference. It feels like it's been so long since I've had a chance to speak with anyone. Today, we have a very exciting myth-busting panel, and I have some special guests here today. Joining me on today's panel are William Blair's industry analyst, Jason Ader, who recently authored To Cloud or Not to Cloud, An Investor's Guide to Evaluating Workload Placement. And then Christian Abajadi, CTO of Keck Medicine USC. And he's changing the world of telemedicine for all of us. Next, I've got Jason Stump, CIO of Wynn Resorts, one of my favorite places, who is leading the charge to enable hybrid gaming operations. And Last but not least, Harry Mosley, CIO of Zoom, who, as you all know, is blending consumer technology and enterprise technology to create one of the pillars of hybrid work for us. Welcome, gentlemen. Nice to have you. Thank you for having me. Good to be Great here. to be here. All right. So this is such a cool opportunity for us to do some myth busting, you guys. Um, the following are opinions that are widely regarded as truth among IT vendors, IT professionals. So I want to know, what do you think about these things? Are they myth or fact and why? All right, I'm going to start with the most often cited words these days, I think, among all of, all of everybody. Um, our employees cannot collaborate as effectively remotely as they do in offices. We got to be in person. Harry, what do you think? Myth or fact and why? Uh, I think that's a myth. I think that it's been proven that um, over the last 21 months, for many millions of people around the world in various industries, that productivity and ability to contribute has been uh, operating at a scale that many organizations haven't seen before. Many of them have actually um, are now going to move to a hybrid work model, 
The challenge, of course, is how do they maintain the democratization of meetings that we've all now experienced in the virtual world? Uh, how do we maintain that uh, in the hybrid world? And so, you know, at Zoom, we've got a whole bunch of technologies that we've been rolling out to support that. So, um, so super excited about the uh, ability for people to work from not just home, work from anywhere, um, and uh, as well as in the office. So, uh, I, so personally, I think it's a myth that um, people can't uh, work from anywhere effectively. I mean, what do the rest of you guys think? Are, are you hearing this? Uh, you know, we've got to get back to offices so that we can be effective. Um, what's, you know, are, is there some truth to that? I love it. I love, I, love, I love collaborating remotely with my team. It's probably been the most productive 18 months of my career in terms of content output, which is what I do. I, I produce research. So I'm a big fan. Yeah. When you think about the product, you think about the productivity. You think about sort of the commute time. I, I, you know, I, I happened to be you know in Manhattan today, um, Midtown Manhattan, New York, and uh, had lunch with the chief technology officer for an investment bank. And uh, you know, he's back in his office five days a week, and he says, you know, it's killing him this two-hour commute every day. Um, you know, two hours round trip, and um, one in the morning, one in the evening. He said, you know, he misses, you know, not being able to collaborate with his team globally from the comfort of his home up in Westchester. And um, I think that, uh, but I, you know, I think that there's a missing element and I think um, everybody would agree with that, which is the missing element is, you know, how do you maintain culture? How do you maintain connectivity with people? Uh, Because in the virtual world, it's all very deliberate. And yes, we've got chat and various different chat platforms that enhance that. Um, but the, you know, sort of the walk-bys, the fly-bys, the, hey, Wendy, hey, Jason, do you have a quick minute, that type of accidental bumping. And also junior people really value the opportunity of both being in the office to uh, interact with people. So I think it's, that's why I, 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 I fundamentally believe it's a hybrid model. It's not 100% virtual. It's not 100% in the office. It's, uh, it's a mixed mode. Yeah, I mean, thinking about mixed mode, um, we also have a mixed mode of people in the workplace as well, right? We've got Gen Z coming in. They're the first uh, digitally native generation of workers. We've got people of my generation who, you know, actually saw internet, you know, sort of come to the workplace and everyone in between. And so part of what we're talking about is this democratization, this, um, you know, ability for people to show up how and, and, and when and where they want to. Now, a lot of these technologies that we're using, they run, they run in public cloud. Um, and, and of course, a lot of IT technology runs on premises and data centers and in public cloud as well. Let's go on to sort of the cloud topic and, and another myth potentially or fact that I've heard. Jason Stump, this is for you. Um, is cybersecurity a bigger concern in public cloud versus on premises? What do you think? So I think it depends on the organization. So if you have a very robust um, IT security team, then there's less risk uh, operating on-prem. Um, if you have a very small security team or not a mature, I think uh, the cloud offers that um, ability to patch your systems for you, to secure them for you. So I'm on the fence. I think it 
there's not a one size fits all. And I think it just depends on the organization. So I know it's not a fact or a myth, but I think it really depends on um, the IT security uh, posture in that organization. Now, I've heard some some analysts, some of the pundits say that there's something inherent about cloud technology or maybe how cloud technology shows up that makes it less secure. Uh, maybe we can't touch it or see it, or maybe it's just vast and it's multi-tenant. Any truth to that? Or sounds like what you were talking about was just cybersecurity best practices and, and operational strength. Yeah, so if you if you talk about cloud technology just because you can't see it, I really think that helps from a physical standpoint. It's more physically secure to be in the cloud versus if you have an on-prem data center, someone could break into your company and access your resources uh, pretty easily versus the cloud. It could be in the data center uh, on the East Coast or the West Coast. So I think that's a, a big differentiator as well. Personally, I believe that uh, the challenges on cybersecurity, whether you're on-prem or in the cloud, are equally uh, equally challenged. Um, the, you know, sort of ha- having you know servers and storage and networks running in a different physical location to you know, to a physical location that you own and operate and maintain. I think it's equally challenging, and um, that's my opinion. Yeah, Wendy, I I would agree with what Harry said as well. I think that security is a culture, it's an approach, it's a mindset. Uh, Where it's physically located may have little to do with how, you know, you perceive it as far as whether it's a bigger concern or a lesser of a concern. But as long as you have the the attitude and the culture managed appropriately, you should be able to exist in both. So I think it's in the middle between myth and fact, depending on the, uh, on the, how, how comfortable you are as an organization with managing security? I think that you know, people read headlines and they don't understand the details. And so, you know, the notion that you can buy services from a public cloud and you get everything, you know, everything you ever wanted there for pennies on the dollar, you know, um, uh, I think it's quote uh, a myth. I don't think it's a fact. Um, the fact is that you can buy, you know, servers and storage and capacity and have it on demand and you can dial it up and dial it down. That's all true. But you still need resources to manage, maintain, operate, support, put the policies in place and put the security practices in place. And and, and I think it was uh, Christian who just said, and it, it's cultural. It's like, you know, uh, security has to be a bedrock in the culture of an organization. And if it's not doesn't matter if you're on-prem or in a public town. All right. So then, so then kind of moving into the realm of those, those vendors that are running your workloads in the cloud, SaaS vendors, public cloud vendors, are, are they just simply more effective at innovation than IT is? What do you think about that, Christian? Myth or fact? So I, I think on this one, we're a little bit closer to fact than maybe myth, only because SaaS vendors tend to uh, make it more efficient, uh, potentially how things are uh, leveraged from an innovation standpoint. But there is a critical element to innovation. It's actually having a team that's innovative, having the ability to think differently, to to look outside the box, or even maybe redefine the box. Innovation 
isn't necessarily doing things faster or quicker. It's actually doing things different and being able to create a new environment out of an opportunity. And I really think that a team culture has to has to start there. You have to be able to have the thinking capability, the attitude, uh, the, the organizational backing to think from an innovative standpoint so you can push that further out into your workspace. Then from a SaaS perspective, you're able to build, destroy, rebuild again faster. But the truth is you can do that on-prem as well. So to answer your question more uh, definitively between myth and fact, on a scale, I think I would lean a bit more to fact, but I wouldn't go all the way to the end of the spectrum. So maybe nothing inherent about operating in public cloud or being a SaaS vendor that makes you more innovative, uh, but but something about the the operating model, the speed, the scale. What what do the, what do the rest of you think, um, uh, Jason Stump? What what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think in some circumstances, um, a service provider could stand up something much quicker than you can. Um, because this is their this is their business operation, right? That's what they're selling, um, and so I really think it depends on the technology because uh, they've already done it before. So it's just you know creating that instance for you and spinning it up pretty quickly. So this kind of gets to the heart of how we operate, um, and and it's a very IT discussion. So naturally, I invited an uh, an industry analyst to the IT discussion. So Jason. What do you think? What say you? Is cloud a consumption model and not an operating model or an operating model and not a consumption model? Would love to hear your thoughts about that. Yeah, I would, I would say that um, cloud is an operating model, not a destination or a consumption model. Interesting. What I Why? mean by that is well, you can have cloud operating principles and those, those can be applied no matter where the application runs. It could run in a public cloud, it can run in a private cloud. Um, and that's where the term private cloud really comes from because you're applying cloud operating principles to your on-prem environment. And those principles would be things like self-service provisioning, high degree of automation, ease of use, uh, and obviously as a service pricing, you know, on-demand elastic consumption. So I, I think it really, from a, from a customer perspective, what we found is that really depends on the workload to, to you know, to, to understand or to, or to really consider where um, you'd like to, um, where you'd like to run it. And the, the cloud um, operating principles can be applied no matter where the, where the, where the workload runs. All right, so, so you're coming down on the side of cloud as an operating model, not a consumption model. Now, I thought I heard a, a couple of our other panelists saying, well, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just consumption. I don't care where I'm consuming. Anyone care to offer a, uh, a contrary opinion? I think that, Wendy, I'll, I'll give it a try. I think that from a cloud um, perspective, you still have to have a little bit of structure on how you actually consume the cloud. So you can operate your consumption of the cloud and be able to manage appropriately how the services are, are rendered, how they're received, how they're consumed, how they're produced back to your internal customers. I think part of the danger that comes into thinking the cloud as a consumption model uh, could potentially end up in a very high bill at the end of the month because we on-prem uh, sometimes we let go of a few of our behavioral uh, um, processes related to consuming our products or our resources in the cloud. You have to be a lot more structured, and which leads to more appropriate operations and how you go forward with 
you know, leveraging uh, uh, services from cloud providers, if you would. And then in hybrid mode, is it is it easy? Is it hard to bring those operating principles back on premises? If you're if you're thinking in the same way, uh, meaning like you ignore where the actual physical resource is sitting, and you have a behavior that is the same on-prem and in the cloud, you're able to manage through that. If you tend to be less less structured, you could have some problems if you're in a hybrid mode. Yes. So, so what I heard some keywords there. You have an, a, a behavior and an operating model that's operating that operates the same no matter where no matter where you're, you're consuming. What do you think about that, Jason? Um, how, how would that run mode work for you at Wynn Resorts? Yeah, so I think it, you know, um, we're running a little bit hybrid today, uh, but due to regulatory things, we have, something has to, some of the, the core systems have to remain on site. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's education, uh, but at some point it will be in the cloud. I'm, I'm sure of it. Uh, but you know, some of our stuff run the cloud and some are on-prem, depending on the uh, the system and the regulatory requirement. All you regulators out there, this hybrid cloud model, pretty cool. Uh, just just kidding there. So, all right, um, Jason. You know, you've written uh, one of the quintessential white papers on this topic, right? To cloud or not to cloud, and and sort of um, outline the different decisions that that CIOs make as to where they run, how they run, and even reasons why workloads shift from mode to mode. Um, for those who are most successful, it sounds like we're depending on this single operating model, this cloud-like operating model to bring success. Are, are you sort of seeing that? Um, does that help to sort of, you know, make one end of the, the spectrum, either consumption model or operating model, uh, lend some strength to either end of that? Yeah, and I think you need to plan ahead when you're, when you're let's say you're going to be on-prem, plan for that application, architect it in a way that it could be moved to the public cloud if, you know, when resorts at some point gets the, the nod from the regulators. Um, but I think it really depends, again, on the workload, on the customer, um, on the industry. Uh, there's cost considerations. There's control. Uh, I talked about security in terms of, you know, you probably are going to be more secure if you're a large enterprise and you have a great security team. Uh, you're probably going to be more secure on-prem. There's performance considerations in terms of, you know, where um, the app sits and does it need performance and maybe it's better to have, you know, some type of uh, locality at the edge um, and obviously compliance. So there's a, a, like a whole set of considerations and parameters, I think, as customers think about um, where the app should live, but they should use cloud operating pr- principles no matter what. I, I agree with everything that uh, Jason just said, um, but I want to pivot back to a topic that you mentioned a few moments ago, Wendy, which is like innovation. You know, um, uh, as a, you know, sort of, I go back in time, 1981. Uh, I know that's a long time ago, um, uh, but that's when I did a startup. It wasn't called a startup back then. And uh, when I did that, you know, I had to go and buy a mini computer and I had to run, you know, twisted pair and buy terminals and hardware and all that sort of stuff. And it was a huge out of pocket. Um, I mean, we're talking, you know, a significant chunk of change back then, uh, which would probably be at least one, if not two orders of magnitude more today. Um, on the other hand, if I was doing a startup today, 
you know, I could just swipe my credit card and spin up, you know, probably 10 times the amount of power for a fraction of the cost. And it would take me probably 15 minutes to do that. So I think from an innovation perspective, uh, the opportunities are dramatic by comparison to doing on-prem. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you in, in, in terms of speed of execution. Um, but then ultimately, we need those operating principles in place as we you know, potentially scale. And so what we're talking about is, is what all of us are living in right now, which is a hybrid world, right? It's hybrid work, it's uh, hybrid communication, hybrid schooling, hybrid cloud. And that is exactly what we're trying to, to run in all of your environments. And so, folks, um, you know, I, I'm going to ask you sort of one last question, uh, just a lightning round question. I'm going to start with you, Christian. And that question is, um, what is the most important element to have in place for hybrid cloud operations? You go first, Christian. Uh, the ability to communicate and the ability to understand that you need to be very succinct in your, you know, in collecting information and what you need from both your employees, your organization, and focusing on the issue at hand through very, um, very quick uh, ability to turn things around and, and respond to demands of the business. Awesome. So, Jason, what's the most important element needed for hybrid operations? Uh, so for me, it's uh, a, a secure underlying. Like uh, we, t we talked about it earlier, uh, have a great IT security program, whether it's on-prem or in the cloud. And then the second part of that is to make sure you're scaling your cloud to meet your business requirements so that you can scale as fast as they need to uh, when you're called upon. Awesome. Jason Ader, what, what about for you? Uh, I would just say that with cloud, the meter is always running. So be aware of that and have the management in place, uh, the staff in place that can help uh, make sure that you're not going to get sticker shock. Awesome. And Harry, bring us home. What, what's the most important element for hybrid operations? Uh, I think secure. I wrote it down because I, I had a feeling that my colleagues might share the same. want to be um, so. Uh, security is the bedrock. Security is like security has to come before everything else. Security is the bedrock of every organization. Reputation is at stake. Privacy, data, um, the whole nine yards, whole operation. So I think if you haven't got security as the bedrock, uh, everything else is. Um, up for grabs. Literally and figuratively. All right, guys, thank you so much. Um, this has been myth busting, Nutanix style, and I think we've discovered that it's a hybrid, hybrid, hybrid world. Uh, look forward to talking with you all again soon. Thank you guys so much. That was fun. Remember, you can watch on-demand sessions if you go to Nutanix.com forward slash next. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. And if you haven't already done so, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. So with that, from your friends here at Nutanix, have a great week. <laughs>